Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get into the stories, I need to give a warning for the final story, as it mentions talks of sexual assault against minors and women, as well as human trafficking and potential murder. It's a pretty dark one, and if you want to avoid it, I understand. And I just wanted to let you all know for those who don't want to listen to stories like that. And remember, if you ever want to share your own story, you can send it at southerncannibal.com. Without any more further interruptions, let's get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. For some context, this happened a few years ago. I was a 15-year-old boy who was on the football team, as well as the wrestling team, motocross, etc. You get the point. I had a girlfriend. Everyone had started talking about how she wasn't loyal. Well, I ended up going through her phone and come to find out she was actually cheating on me the whole time. But I didn't have enough time to process it because I had to race in just a few minutes. Well, when I finished the race, I then broke up with her and I felt numb, just completely numb. So about a month goes by after this and I had completely turned to weed and alcohol trying to find other things just to forget the feeling of betrayal that she gave me. I was sitting in the stands one day, and my ex's best friend was being very nice to me, like too nice, but at the time I was way too heartbroken to see. She had made some small talk, asking how I'd been, how I'd felt, and if I wanted to go to a party in the middle of Tennessee with her. I reluctantly said yes. For context, I had actually got grounded previously to this story because my mother didn't want me talking to my father. My mother is narcissistic and manipulative, and I pretty much just ignored her behavior while all this was going on, and it actually got me grounded. And on the night of the party, I went to sneak out. I did the whole blanket and pillows trick. I also put my fan on it so it looked like I was breathing. My mother is a bigger woman to say the least and every other floorboard would creak. So by the time I got to the front door, I had actually heard my mom coming. So I hid behind the TV right in the corner and turned the blue light on, and she marched right past me into the room to then scream at the pillows. When she was on her way back, I could have sworn she looked me dead in the eyes for like 40 seconds before then going to sleep. I then just waited until I heard her snoring to make my move. I then snuck out, and I met this girl down the street. I got in a car with her, and all I had was an iPhone 5. It was all busted to hell, and I only had a battery life of like 30%, and no service. But I guess it was better than nothing. My friend had actually let me borrow it. So it had to have been an hour and a half before we got there. I was wearing a cowboy hat, jeans, and boots, and a dress shirt, and she was wearing a pink tank top and black leggings. We walked into the house and the party had already started and it reeked of weed and alcohol. I was in love. I had started to let loose and have some fun when I didn't see her go behind a wall and come back with a red Solo cup and she told me to take a sip. Now mind you, I was never brought up or prepared on a situation like this. The next thing I remember is being led into a bedroom with what I think was a tripod set up and then someone screaming cops and a bunch of officers coming through the windows. 
They busted down the door, grabbing anyone and everyone, and it took a second for my fight or flight to kick in. But once one of the officers looked at me and barked for me to get over there, I took off out the back like everyone else. I'm slipping in and out of consciousness at this point, and one minute I get out the back door, and the next I'm in the woods, running alongside everyone else, while also looking for the girl that brought me there. The officers then draw nearer and nearer until they're trying to tackle us. The next thing I remember is a Ken Barbie doll looking kid who told me and the group I was with to then run as he then got tackled by four officers and was still trying to fight them off. We all started running and running until the chaos around us finally disappeared with the only thing we could hear was the sound of our own heartbeats. It's pitch black and there's nothing but crickets all around us until they finally died out. After that, we all caught our breaths and we then discussed what to do next. We figured it would be best to just wait until sunrise to head back anywhere. I checked the phone that my friend had lent me to try and contact my dad, but it was dead. At this point, we're all now relying on one kid's phone to lead us somewhere, when this raggedy old man appeared out of nowhere and asked if we were lost. One of the kids with the flashlight said yes. The guy seemed to mean well, but as they're talking, I had started to drown them out because I kept hearing rustling and twigs snapping just outside of the flashlight's beam, and as he started to approach, I had a really bad feeling. At this point, I shoved the old man out of the way, knocking him to the ground, and just as I suspected, there were others hiding in the woods. I don't know how many there actually were, as all I did was run and run until I blacked out. I'm pretty damn sure they put something in my drink. I eventually woke up after some time, regaining my consciousness. That was a really crazy night for me, and I still can't believe all that happened. So to my ex and her friend, fuck you, and to the creepy old man in the woods and his friends, fuck you too for trying to trap us. Stay safe out there everyone, and don't go to parties with just anyone, only go with the people you trust. When I was 18, I had a pretty scary experience. As most 18-year-olds feel, I thought I was invincible. I thought that I could go out and do whatever I wanted without telling anyone my location. For some context, I didn't drive, and I was still living in my mom's. One night, a friend had invited me to go out to a party. At first, she told me she would pick me up and we would go together, but then the story changed. She then said that the party was moved to a different location and her male friend would be picking us both up. At the moment, red flags should have been really alarming, but I let it go. I filled my bottle with alcohol and watered it down. I always did this when going out because I could be sober-minded enough. When they pulled up, I had approached the car that had tinted windows and I got in the back seat next to my friend. I then realized that there were actually two men in the front of the car instead of one. They passed blunts as soon as I got in the car, but I denied it while my friend started smoking. At this time, it was already pitch black out, and I've always been directionally challenged, but I had tried to analyze the area to make it out to where we were headed. About 30 minutes into the drive, they had pulled off the major highway, but not into a neighborhood into a shady hotel. 
I had a gut-wrenching feeling, and the guys headed inside while my friend smoked another blunt. The guys came back out, and they said the rest of the group had canceled, but they had got a room anyway so we could drink. This was when my stomach then sank. I just knew this was shady, but my friend was already high, and I wasn't willing to leave her. So we went into the room which had two beds, and started drinking and playing games. Everything was going pretty well, actually, until they wanted to play truth or dare. I picked truth each time, until my friend picked dare. They dared my friend to make out with me. She actually tried to approach me and do it, but I pulled away. It was because she was my friend since kindergarten, and I would never come on to her like that, especially because she was very drunk and cross by this point. That's when the guys started to get more serious and aggressive, asking us to do it. I still refused, but I said I was going to the bathroom. I started to text my friend while in the bathroom, asking her if she felt like the guys were weird, and I asked her how long she knew them for. She said that she only actually knew one of the guys, and had only talked to him for a few months. This was her first time meeting them. I was so nauseous from this, and I overheard them offering her to spend the night. She sounded super uncomfortable. I was so scared tonight would be the night where we ended up as just another statistic. I bent over the toilet, and I vomited, making sure it was loud enough to hear. My friend then rushed to me, and the men then stared from the other room. I asked if they could give me a water, while my friend asked for something to eat, as she had an empty stomach. After convincing the two guys, they left to go to the store across the road, and I then convinced her that we needed to leave. This situation just felt so off, and they were making us both very uncomfortable. After some time of convincing, I had her grab her things, and we then rushed to the lobby bathroom. I then called us each an Uber, and we left, but her Uber came first. I had watched her leave, and I told her to send me her location so that I knew she made it home. However, when my own Uber finally showed up, I rushed out the doors, but then suddenly, someone grabbed my arm. It was one of the men. He asked where I was going, and I told him that my friend was going to be picking me up because I felt sick, but his grip still tightened. I was scared for my life now that I was all alone. Luckily, the Uber driver was right in sight and then rolled down the window staring at us. Once the man noticed this, he let go of me. I was able to rush into the car and then get home around 2 a.m. I was so relieved but still terrified. To this day, I'm still terrified about what could have happened to me or my friend if I didn't bring my own bottle. I really hope I'll never end up in a situation like that again. I'm 24 years old, and I'm from a very small town here in Alabama. It's a bland town, and the city I live in is now small. My husband and I, who I'll refer to as Bruce, had started dating in 2017 when we were both 18. I'm going to be changing names of this for my own safety and anxiety. It was summer of 2017. My husband and I were dating, and we grew up together, so he knew my family very well. My mom had invited us to one of her childhood friend's houses for a small cookout slash drinking party. Nothing big, just a few of my mom's friends and their kids. 
My husband and I were really the only young adults that were there. We mainly babysat while the adults drank. It's a trailer home, and it's pretty large, and it's on large land with lots of playroom. While I watch the kids play outside, I'm sitting on the porch. My mom's friends are introducing my mom to one of their new friends. The man had introduced himself as Blaze. He was tall, kind of built, had gray hair and a short buzz cut, and his mustache and beard looked very similar to Hulk Hogan's, and he had darkish red skin. This is obviously from being outside for years. In the South, it's very common to see older men with this skin tone. The friends in question are her childhood friends that actually got married, and they're a sweet couple. The husband befriended this new man from where he worked at and invited him over. Anyway, all is going well, but as the night goes on, he's getting very provocative with my mom, talking about her breasts and her body, and the usual creep look. It was just very weird all around. My mom's boyfriend definitely wasn't liking this guy either, understandably. Whenever I was outside with the kids, he would stare at me, and he even asked my age, which, like I said, I was only 18 at the time. My husband Bruce gave me the, this isn't right, look. Now, my husband isn't even a jealous man, like ever, so for him to get a little upset did raise an alarm. I also want to mention that the kids there were three young boys, and just my little sister who was eight at the time. My mom and her friends were all in their thirties. Honestly, I thought to myself that this guy was already a creep just from how he acted around my mom, but I knew he was a real creep when he acted that way with me and was eyeing my little sister. This party had lasted a few hours, but as I stated before, my mom's boyfriend and my boyfriend, now husband, were both acting very protective, but low-key. But it very quickly escalated after a few more comments were made towards my mom and I. My mom's boyfriend immediately started to yell at the man about how he's being a real pervert, and if he wasn't going to leave, we would be leaving. After a few words back and forth, my mom's boyfriend practically forced us to load up in our Tahoe and then leave. My mom, boyfriend, and my sister rode with us as well. So, being forced to get in your own vehicle while two men are fighting and yelling is really nerve-wracking. Bruce was already in the driver's seat. And as soon as my mom's boyfriend was finally in the Tahoe, and then we confirmed he was the final last passenger, Bruce tore out of that long driveway, and we all went back to my mom's place. Of course, my mom and her boyfriend were arguing because my mom thought he had overreacted, which, to be honest... I did too. That was until a year later, when we saw this man on the news. He apparently got busted by an undercover cop. He was planning to human traffic a woman and her 14-year-old daughter, and he was planning to use his workplace to do so. So here it is. Please, if you're not wanting to hear anything about sexual assault, murder, or anything of that manner, I really advise you to stop reading or listening. This is the article I copied and pasted, so it's not my words. Here it is. A federal judge sentenced a Decatur man involved in a kidnapping and sex trafficking plot, and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. A U.S. District Judge R. David Proctor sentenced Brian David Blaze Boersma, 49 years old, for the attempted kidnapping of a minor, as well as attempted kidnapping, attempted sex trafficking of a child, 
possession of a firearm by convicted felon, and possessing a firearm to further a violent crime. Borisma pleaded guilty to the charges in March. Borisma had a detailed plan to kidnap a woman and her 14-year-old daughter, sexually assault and torture the woman, and then sell her child into the sex trade, according to court records. Authorities say that Borisma falsely implicated the woman's ex-husband in the kidnapping plot. Borisma's actions will forever remain despicable, and the horrors that he intended upon innocent victims was avoided because a concerned citizen heard something and then said something about it, U.S. Attorney J.E. Town said. There is only one place suitably worse than prison for Boersma, and that day will come too. Boersma is now being held accountable for his depraved and abhorrent behavior. FBI Special Agent in Charge Johnny Sharp Jr. said, I particularly want to thank my agents and our partners at the Decatur Police Department for their work in bringing Boersma to justice. The FBI and our law enforcement partners are committed to aggressively seeking out those who exploit innocent victims. Authorities say Borsma worked at the Alabama Farmers Cooperative in Decatur, shuttling trailers from the storage yard to the warehouse, where they would then be loaded with merchandise to ship to other locations. His plea agreement with the government lays out his efforts in the fall of 2017 to encourage a co-worker at the co-op to find someone willing to kidnap a woman and her daughter for payment. Boersman was accused of giving a coworker $3,440 in installments in order to hold for a kidnapping payment. The FBI was alerted by the coworker to Boersman's plan in mid-September, and the Bureau sent two undercover employees to pose as willing kidnappers. According to Boersman's plea agreement, he intended to carry out the kidnappings and child sex trafficking as follows. Boersman boasted to his coworker that he would sell the child to a pimp that he knew in Memphis, Tennessee, and that he hoped to get as much as $40,000 because she was a young, clean virgin. Ultimately, his contact in Memphis offered him only $8,000 for the girl, Boersma said. Boersma had outfitted a trailer at the co-op with a mattress and restraints for holding the mother and daughter. He also placed inside the trailer a metal sex device. He had apparently built it so the woman could be tied to, beaten, and raped. Boersma falsely claimed that the woman's ex-husband had apparently wanted the woman and child kidnapped as retribution for the woman divorcing him, as well as taking him to court for child support. He said the ex-husband wanted to beat the woman with a bullwhip, and it would be a bloody mess in the trailer. He said that he put plastic down inside the trailer to help with the cleanup. Boersma also told the undercover FBI employees that once the woman was dead, he would have to get 300 pounds of lime and dig a hole. He said he would get the lime from the co-op and then bury the body under a nearby bridge. On October 10th, Boersma and his co-worker met at a Decatur hotel with the undercover FBI agents, who Boersma believed would then kidnap the mother and child. Boersma told the agents what he wanted done, provided photos of the two intended victims, and then he handed the agents $3,440. He then led the agents to the woman's workplace, to her home, and then to the co-op, where he then showed them the trailer that he already had ready for holding the victims. Shortly after returning to the hotel, police arrested Boersma as he then approached his pickup truck. During a search of the truck, police had found a loaded Smith & Wesson MNP 40 caliber pistol, and due to a previous conviction, Boersma was not permitted to carry a gun. That's the end of the article.
This was definitely a time of my life where I realized monsters can look like humans. I'm so glad my husband and my mom's boyfriend overreacted because I always wonder what would have happened if we decided to drink as well and would have stayed the night. What would have happened to me, my mom, or even my little sister? Luckily, my husband decided to be the designated driver. But the point of the story is you never truly know anyone. And please, please, if your gut tells you something isn't right, listen to it. If your friends, boyfriends, or husbands, or anyone you know that you trust tells you that this isn't right, let's get the hell out of here. Go and get the fuck out of there. It doesn't matter if you think they're being dramatic or overreacting. It could potentially save your life. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone. And remember, to always...